to the Driven by Diversity podcast. I'm Mariana. And I'm Steph. And every week we shine the spotlight on underrepresented groups in the world of racing. Our guests share their journey into the sport and also delve into what diversity and inclusion means to them. We hope that we can provide you with real role models who you can relate to and who represent you. And more than that, that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to know that you can make it in motorsport, no matter your background. A Florida girl born and raised, not the Florida with the beaches or Disney World, but the part with the Confederate flags and lynching trees. Growing up riding four-wheelers and dirt bikes, our guest decided in her teens that her feet should remain firmly on the ground and instead set about the idea of becoming an athlete manager, having become hooked on Supercross and Arena Cross through friends who were turning pro. Sadly, being told outright by multiple then-managers that women would never be an athlete manager to male talent, she let the dream die and often wonders what her life would have been like if there were more representation in the sport. However, With action sports remaining her passion, she found her footing in marketing and has since worked on major campaigns with Red Bull, Muscle Milk and Jack Daniels. Although a slightly different twist on our usual stories this week, our guest's hope is that through this conversation, you can feel empowered to chase any and every dream. Joining us for this episode is Kirsten Stone. Let's start at the beginning. You grew up in Florida riding four-wheelers and dirt bikes on your family's land, but how did this actually transform into a passion for action sports? Yeah, so so for me, like when I say just that I started um, literally on dirt bikes and on four-wheelers my whole entire life, like that that's all I really knew and know. Um, like I was probably five or six years old, just on, like on, on a quad in the middle of the sticks, the sticks in the middle of nowhere, I really <laughs> riding around and having fun. And then it wasn't until I met um, a friend of mine who was a professional motocross rider and, and kind of learned just that there was a, a career path with it also be, because where I grew up, it was just kind of like, we all did it for, for fun, but then seeing my friend and then meeting more of his, his friends, I learned just that there was a whole like, world out there of people getting paid to to go and ride dirt bikes I had no idea and that was probably like I was like 13 years old and I was like oh wow there's people who like get to go and travel and ride a bike Mm -hmm. and just have a ton of fun so yeah it started off just me and my family just having fun in the middle of nowhere (laughs) getting a lot of trouble (laughs) and uh yeah and then it was it was literally once I met um this this one family who I still love um, and they kind of showed me the the world of Supercross and Arena Cross, and that there was so much there, and I and I was hooked. I was immediately hooked. And were you hooked as a fan, or as in you actually wanted to take part and get involved and and join in with these different um, series? So I will say, in, in the beginning, I was like, I want to ride this. This is what I want to do, and then I crashed, and I was like, I don't like this. This is too much. And so I think that maybe I I could find find another route. And then I literally saw a bunch of interviewers, and I saw you know athlete managers and trainers, and I was like, okay, so. So I don't need to actually ride a bike, but I could do an interview series or I could be a manager or I could, you know, just, just, there was, there was so many more options and being like in, in the pits for so many years, you get to meet so many people. And I met so many incredible journalists, especially who mm-hmm. covering all these sports that I was like, oh, like 
like I don't need to break my arm every single week. I can have, I can stay here two feet on the ground and uh, I don't know and and be with all of my friends. So yeah, no, I I wanted to be a writer until I took a few spills and I was like, no, I kind of like staying up straight and not being in in a cast all the time. So I know that there there are, are, are other avenues for me, but I knew that I I wanted action sports to be my job for a really long time. Now, you'd set your sights on becoming an athlete manager. As you say, they're the people that you saw on the ground that maybe you could be one day. But obviously, we know from conversations that we've had previously and off air that you faced a bit of adversity around this. So can you tell us a bit more about that and the the sort of path that you went on? Yeah, so when I was probably like 19 or so, um, I was in Las Vegas um, and because because I'm the, the end of the Supercross season, they have this big thing called the East West Shootout. Everybody goes to Vegas. It's, it's all the guys from all over the United States, all are racing. It's like probably the most fun race next to the Daytona race um, here because in, in Daytona, it's it's outside anyways. But um, the, the Vegas race is a ton of fun. Everybody's there. It's, it's the end of season. And I was actually out with, with a few friends of mine and there was an athlete manager who, who I'd known prior. And I, I just asked him, you know, a really off offhand question of, um, oh, so, so would you ever hire a, a woman to, to work for you? And he was just, you know, very honestly sat there and was like, probably not. And I asked him why. And he said that it was because, um, his, his athletes probably wouldn't take a woman seriously. Um, and that was something like, that was probably the first time Justin, I, I'd ever heard, heard that in, in such a direct way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always known just that it was a very boys only sport, but I always had like a little bit of hope still there. Um, and yeah. kind of hearing that was, was very disheartening. Um, and then I heard it again from a different athlete manager, um, a few months later, um, in, in a different conversation of just him saying, you know, just that he, he liked working with, with other dudes. And that was just point blank. There was no like reason. It was kind of like, no, I just like, like working with other guys. Um, and for me, it was really crazy because, you know, up until that point of my life, I had been traveling with all of my guy friends who were pro riders to all of these different stops, mm. you know, making sure just that we were all okay and, and everybody was was like making it two things on time. So literally I was doing all of my like athlete manager roles, yeah. you know, seemingly. Um, and then being told by by some like older guy, just that he, he would never hire a woman. I was like, but I could do this whole job and I've been doing it. And like on top of that, like I was working um, in the athletics department at my university um, for our football program, um, working for our offensive line coach and our head coach, dealing with all of the um, athletes there. And so, you know, in, in, like in my brain, I was like, I'm, I'm doing all of the work already, but you wouldn't even see me for, for an interview because I'm a woman. And that is like mind blowing to me. Um, and so for me, it like, you know, again, I was like nine, like 19 or so then. And so then I started just just kind of learning more about the the other sides of the industry and other places for, for me to go work, you know, whether it was event marketing or brand marketing or brand dev or wherever it was um, and, and took a lot more courses. But but it was really upsetting because up until literally then I was like hell bent on becoming an, an athlete manager. And then it was just kind of like this, this like fork in the road moment of, of me really trying to see if that, that was actually a path just that I could go on, even though 
I knew that I could do it, but just the idea of, of these two people in front of me saying just that they would never hire me really was, I don't know, it was really- Unwelcoming. Yeah. Cause like, like, mm-hmm. like why would you want to work in a space where, where somebody's already told you just that they, they don't want you. And, and what's crazy now though, is, is like fast forward now, what, like I'm a lot older. So like fast forward a, a lot of years, years later. And some of my like favorite um, people in, in the sports and especially in, in the um, action sports world are female managers and they're incredible people, you know, like Eulen Oliver represents some of the, the like best talent in the world. And she's like an incredible agent mother, like, like everything about her. And, and like, looking back, you know, I wish that I saw, saw more people like her growing up Yeah. because I wonder where my job would have gone. But, um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm very happy with where, where my career went, but yeah, there's always this, this moment of, I wonder where I could have ended up if I would have mm-hmm. stayed on my quote unquote true path, um, instead of my diverted path. So you ended up actually finding your feet within the marketing field, but how did you manage to keep your love and passion for action sports alive alongside that? Because obviously you had to sort of let go of the dream of doing it as a career, but it's still something you loved and it's still something you're involved with heavily in your personal life. How did you manage to stay in touch with that despite some pretty big um, setbacks and not that welcoming comments that were made. Yeah, I think that for me, like action sports are, are my life, you know? And so whether it's skateboarding or on a dirt bike or learning how to surf, I haven't started yet, but I will learn. Like like there's there's something for me, just it feels very much like I'm at home all the time when I'm in, in those elements. And I've been very fortunate just that I've I found a lot of clients and a lot of brands just that brought me on to teach them more about the action sports world. And so whether, you know, like, like I worked for milk, like dairy milk, which is hilarious because everybody's like, Oh, milk makeup. I'm like, no, I worked for dairy milk. (laughs) Um, And, and, and they, and they started this thing called bones love milk. It was around skateboarding. And I was able to execute a 10 day pop-up where, where we popped up a skate park in the middle of Huntington beach during the U S open and surfing. We got over like 1 billion media impressions. We had a bunch of talent wow. come, come through, you know, a lot of kids were, were drinking a lot of milk. And then, you know, for me, it was, you know, I, I got to, to combine my, my like passion for, for skate and for action sports with my like current job, which was working for a seemingly you know, boring client, and I will quote boring because they're a great brand, and I love milk, <laughs> milk, but I love milk. <laughs> yeah. And, and so for me, it's like when when you there's there's a saying just me and my friends always say that that um you don't need to get ready if you stay ready, and for me, you know, like like I've been in the action sports world, even if I haven't been been like working in it, I've still been been in it every single day. You know, whether it's learning how to surf or getting on my my nephew's dirt bike or whatever it is. And so like when I get all, all these phone calls from from these brands saying that they want to start a skate team or they want to, you know, diversify their motorsports marketing or whatever it is, I, I can still talk about it because I'm still in it. So I stayed ready. I stay ready. <laughs> so, yeah. So you've worked on a number of exciting campaigns, such as the one that you've just mentioned there, and you've worked with clients such as Red Bull and Jack Daniels. 
with sort of the experience that you have in terms of your career, the career that you've got behind you now and the life experience that you've got as well, couple that with the love that you have for action sports and dirt bikes. Is there a part of you that would have traded this for your dream as you know, to be an athlete manager as a young girl, if you had that experience and, you know, all of that as a 19-year-old, hypothetically speaking, would you have traded it for for a career in moto? What's so funny about this question is I was actually, so I was talking to my dad um, a few days ago and talking about, you know, life and 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 where life takes you and no regrets and, and all that kind of stuff. And I always fall back on on my life without moto as as my profession and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because for me like like it is something just that like even to to this day if if somebody were to pull me aside and and offer me a job as an athlete manager for a motorsports team I would definitely do it you know it's something just that like is still my my like passion and I still love the like athlete world I still love all of my supercross guys I still love you know everybody out there um but I've also had such an incredible career for the past literal 12 years of working in, in event marketing and meeting so many incredible brands, um, putting on so many events, learning so much about the the other side of everything that that I don't know if I would trade it. Um, and I think that 19 year old me, and so I, I'm a big journaler. I'm like such a dork, but I'm a big journaler. And I love to like write down everything, you know, whether it's what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, you know, just like a dear diary, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, like one thing is always remembering just that I'm in, in this moment for a specific reason. And so 19 year old me, I think would be very happy for me and and to see what I've done and and to see that I I haven't lost sight of of my passion for action sports um but she would also be pushing me to still keep chasing all of those those like moto dreams because for me like I said like 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 I've I've worked in skate I've worked in surf I've worked in like basketball I have done all of these these like mainstream sports and action sports but but like I, like I grew up in the dirt. I grew up on dirt, but mm-hmm. I grew up with with some of the most in, incredible people in in this industry. So like, it would be, it would be a bold face lie if I sat here. <laughs> this is great because actually, like, yeah, like I think that there was a part still of me still a dream that still wonders. Yeah, mm. and I'm, yeah. like I'm, I may be getting older, but I still feel like I'm 17 years old. So, <laughs> you know, there is still plenty of time. <laughs> Oh, there definitely is. There definitely is still plenty of time. And like you said, you've had so many of these brilliant experiences and kept that ear to the ground with what's going on with the motor side of things. So you're ready to pick it up when that opportunity comes, which is which is what's most important. But of course, the reason why you had to sort of let that dream go is because of the sexism or the bizarre silly uh, mindsets of some of the people that you encountered how did you actually deal with that sort of brutal honesty and stupidness <laughs> back when you were that much younger because that's quite a hard pill to swallow like you said earlier to have people just saying for no reason whatsoever other than the fact that you're a woman no <laughs> how do you deal with that at, at that age when it's something that you're so passionate about yeah um so I, I'm very fortunate that I have had a lot of female mentors in, in my life and specifically in in the emoto world um and so for me like like i was fortunate enough to well one i like you know i had a big cry session about it being honest 
because it was like seeing all of my my like dreams crushed right right in front of me right it was like i want to do all this stuff and then somebody walking in and being like sorry no you can't do that mm-hmm. um and and again like like if if it was me me now having the same conversation i would be like okay cool whatever like like i'm i'm going to to still go and do it but when you're 19 and you're figuring out your whole entire life in front of you you're like okay maybe this isn't for me you know yeah maybe I I I am wrong but um but luckily I had a lot of great female mentors that that I went to with all of this who told me basically like f them they're dumb you can do whatever you you want to do but but they also gave me a lot of like real honest um words and one of them or one of the like probably biggest things just that I took away was that I was going to meet men like that forever and so in that moment I needed to realize or make a decision if I was going to let that affect my my future um and it was really impactful because I was sitting there like yeah okay so so there there is an uphill battle and I'm going to be on it forever and so do I just back down because I feel intimidated Mm -hmm. or do I just just keep pushing forward and for me it was more or less finding what what like battles I wanted to actually fight um and that's kind of where the like where all of my event marketing stuff kind of fell in is is because you know of like event marketing then especially then it like wasn't in an actual title it was kind of like oh mm-hmm. so you work in in marketing and you do events and then it yeah. grew into like oh no this is like one one singular role and so like you know when I first started working you know like like my first job i was working as an intern at at an event marketing agency where a client was red bull and the first project just that i worked on was red bull stratos um but but like prior to it ever having a name and that's when they literally dropped felix from from space so my first project ever they were like we're gonna drop a man from space and i was like what do you what do you mean like i don't understand (laughs) no so we're gonna figure it out and then like but but and again i was like fresh out of college i was like you know figuring out like figuring out my whole entire life i was like okay so i just got a new job and we're dropping a guy from 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 sounds normal um but but like one thing though is is that like like you know looking back like I was like, okay, I'm gonna work in 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 Moto forever. I'm gonna be a manager, and then here now I, I found myself at like 21, 22, working for for Red Bull, building out a, a like building out an activation where we're dropping a literal human being from space. And so like I couldn't be like that upset at 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 all of the like no's that that I received mm-hmm. because that was an incredible opportunity just that I would have never gotten ha- had I stayed on my previous path and so yeah and so going all the way back I think that yeah just kind of like having strong female role models really helped me and then having them be, be very honest with me and then telling me you know like hurdles will, will come but but you can make it through it and then like kind of using all of that that energy to then get me to my my next pace because like I moved to California. I tell ev- like literally everybody who has ever met me has has heard me say this, but I moved to Los Angeles, California 
for the diversity in action sports. I moved there because I visited Los Angeles. I saw a black guy skateboarding. I saw Mexican guy skateboarding. I saw white guy skateboarding and I saw women skateboarding. And I was like, wow, there's just like all different kinds of people and they're all skateboarding. And this isn't weird because it seems so, so, so like normal here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I was like, okay, so I'm going to move to Southern California. And I got there. And for the past 12 years, it has just been that like, like action sports moved me to California and it's what, and it's, it's what's kept me there also, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, like, it's a beautiful place where like, you can go to Glen Helen and see a bunch of people riding. You can go down to, to Venice beach and see a bunch of people surfing. And like, there's just, everybody's out. doesn't matter who you are, gender, like race, sexual or orientation, nothing matters. Like it is the great equalizer. And I talk about LA all the time, even though I talk about leaving all the time, but <laughs> yeah, I know like Southern California, like it is the home of all, like it is the most diverse action sports community you will ever come in contact with, in my opinion. That's obviously quite a contrast to what you've said off air about where you grew up, because you said to us, you know, you grew up with Confederate flags around and lynching trees and you know, things that are not really in line with what you've just explained. Do you think that the history of the area that you grew up in is part of the reason that there is so little diversity or you saw so little diversity at the time when you were growing up within the motorsport and action sport community? Do you think it's because of the history within that area and that sort of environment? A thousand percent. Um, I think so like growing up and like, like I can only speak for, for me and my experiences, but, but growing up, like I was definitely the the like weird kid because I was black and I like punk rock and I like dirt bikes and that was like what what do you mean you know like like nobody un- understood it. even my my like mom and dad I think they were probably like okay this is a little bit different but it's fine um yeah and so I think though that that there is like a, a strong level of segregation still in in the south um, and and mm. like and, and you see that in literally everything, whether it's sports to restaurants to grocery stores. You know, there's still this this like un- uneasiness um, of of segregation there, and I think that that is why you don't see a lot of brown faces um, in in Supercross because it's not seen as a sport for everybody yet. Um, and like like I know I've I've told you guys this, but but like I remember going to a race in. Atlanta, Georgia, and somebody asking me if I was James Stewart's sister. And I was like, no, no, like I just, I'm just a black girl who likes Supercross. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know him. We're not buddies. Like he's not my brother, you know, but, but then I would get that everywhere. You know, I would go to places and be like, oh, are you Malcolm's sister? Are you James's sister? And I'm like, no, like I'm just a black girl who likes motocross. And those are my friends who are white right over there but mm-hmm. no, like I don't know James um, yeah. he's incredible he's a great guy um but but yeah like he's not my brother so yeah yeah that's a really interesting point um just because going back to where you asked a male athlete manager um you know whether he would hire you as a woman how how come it was that that came into your head that that might be a barrier for you rather than uh, more so than your ethnicity, even though the environment that you were were in was white dominated. Yeah. Um, I think it's because there were no women, and so you know where where there may not have been any like you know brown or black people, there were no women. You know, okay. women were holding umbrellas um, mm. at, at 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 like every starting gate, 
or they were commentators. And that was pretty much it. You didn't see any women in, in the pits working on bikes. You didn't see any women managing talent. You didn't see any women do, doing anything besides like sta- like standing around and looking pretty. Um, yeah. Whereas like, I like to get dressed up and I like to stand around and and look very pretty, but but I also like, like action sports as well. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of why I wanted to mention it to him because all the athlete managers just that I had ever seen were all men and they're all white men, which was this other, yeah. but, but they were all men. Um, and, and race is really interesting too, because for me being a black woman, I see both sides of it. Right. And so like I walk into a space and the first thing I will notice first thing is if I'm the only woman in the room, that's okay. like number one. And then after that, I'm like, okay, so there's, men here and there's like three black men okay great and so now i'm the only black woman in the space as opposed to the only black person in the space and so it is definitely one of those things just that you know having all of these um identities where where like you have to kind of see which is the like biggest threat mm-hmm. um, yeah and like i think being a woman always come com- like comes at first because, and, and as you guys pro- probably know, you know, being in a space as, as the only woman can feel very intimidating. You can feel very out of place. And then you start thinking about everything else. You know, it's like, what am I wearing? Am I dressed up too much? Am I dressed down too much? Am I going to be taken seriously because I'm wearing lipstick? Am I going to be taken more seriously because I'm wearing pants or like whatever it is? Um, and then level like layer on top of that for me personally, be, being a black woman, it's like, okay, so is my hair straight enough? Is it too curly? Am I talking like in, in a certain way? Um, and so, yeah, when it came or when it comes to, to Moto and especially like Supercross in the States and then in the Southeast, especially being like a black woman, it was like, I was this like anomaly of a person. That's mm-hmm. why I think for, for so many people, they, they can only see me as like James and Malcolm's sister. You know, it like, it was out of their, their frame of reference, just that I could mm-hmm. be in an individual human being who would be interested in, in these sports because these sports weren't inherently for me. Yeah, something so out of the ordinary for them. Yeah. They were like, oh, you must be doing the sister. I'm like, no, I'm not you. No, <laughs> actually, no. 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 <laughs> nice guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting that you touch on the, the two different sides there, the gender and the race. And the gender diversity or the need for greater gender diversity has been a focal point for quite a long time. Or, yeah, quite a long time now in, in action sports and motorsports. But more recently, of course, the spotlight has been on the need for greater racial diversity. Do you feel like you've seen an improvement on either front from your experience? I think that speaking from like, a, so it's interesting. I think that without like a Bubba Wallace, like out there, I think that you would not have seen such a big push for, for, for diversity. And it was really him coming yeah. out and like speaking on it just that made it more of a focal point for 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 the industry because there have always been black people in motorsports right they've like always been there. Mm. but but like but i really think it it took somebody who was winning races one because you have to win or you have to like show show your face um one and then two was like already being widely accepted by by the sport um to to like kind of go and and say something about it because you know even speaking on like james stewart like james stewart great rider one of the best riders like like in supercross for probably 
ever. Like he's incredible, but nobody ever liked him. They never liked him because he rode too fast and he was just like too reckless and this and that. But at the end of the day, people didn't like him because he was a black guy riding dirt bikes. And like, like that is what it is, um, you know, from him getting booed over in, in Anaheim to people just like yelling racial slurs all the time at him. Like, like people just, just didn't like him. And so it didn't matter, you know, like if, if, if James Stewart would have gone and taken a knee, no one would have cared. They would have booed him. But like Bob Wallace has such a big platform of people who just like love him and they admire him and they look up to him. Just that I think that now people are paying more attention. Um, so do I think that there has been like a big shift? No, not really. I think that people are just now paying more attention to it. And the big thing and talking like, you know, I, I talk about COVID and about how it has probably been the like biggest gift mixed with a am curse because right now people have a lot more time to just sit and pay attention yeah and so when these athletes are actually saying something like now now they're paying attention um because because there's a time to like go and do the research and like you know like i think like myself and and how much i know about nascar and how i grew up hearing that nascar wasn't for me you know whether it was my mother my father my peers whatever it was like nascar was a good old boy sport period end of story like you went to a nascar race confederate flags were everywhere that is not a place for for people of color at all um even if there was a black or brown person in the pits or black or brown person riding it still wasn't a sport for brown people um and so now i think that nascar has 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 done a really great job at at um inviting diversity in which is an interesting way to put it but but i think that now they're like hey come inside you know we're 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 for you too but there's a lot more work to him do and on mm -hmm. the female front which is a whole different conversation i can talk about this forever i think that women athletes in general there's this whole like stigma or stereotype where it's like oh like she's a great female writer she's a great like yeah agent or whatever and it's like well, she's probably just a really great writer or a great agent mm -hmm, yeah. or whatever it is. And so I think that women have even farther to, to climb. Um, but, you know, diversity starts like, like there's, there's a hierarchy and this may not be like, this is not science or, st or statistics. It's just how, how I feel. But I think that there's there, like, there's a hierarchy and it's like white men, brown men, white women brown women and that's like how it goes um and so like once like all men are 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 like on the same like you know level then women can can finally come up there but you know seeing like a brown woman in nascar would be like you know and and, and only see, seeing them there but seeing them with endorsement deals and seeing them, you know, like taking, I don't know, any sort of at like ad spends, big dollars that like that, that's going to be the, the like final point, but we're not there yet. Or we're not there yet because a lot of people still don't feel like that is their space. Um, and that's really unfortunate because I always say I grew up and like, like I grew up with a bunch of other kids who look just like me riding dirt bikes and four wheelers my whole entire life, you know, like like even my my nephew now lives in Tampa, Florida, and he just got a dirt bike. There is no dirt around in Tampa, Florida, but he just got a dirt bike, um, and he loves it. And my niece is like four years old, and she has a four wheeler. And like, like, like there are plenty of of brown and black kids all around riding all these bikes that are into to motorsports, but they don't understand just that there there is like a career path for them. 
whether it's engineering, whether it's being an athlete, whether it's being a manager, whether it's working in press or, you know, be, being like in, in the pits and reporting for it, but there is a space for them. So, yeah. So I think that we're, we're on our way, but I don't, but I don't think that we are, we're halfway close to where we should be. Yeah. We're definitely, we're definitely, you know, starting to to get there starting that journey that process which is the main thing that's what we need to be doing um you know not going backwards not staying still but moving forward so that hopefully one day you know we will have a diverse industry that we can show your niece and nephew so they can you know aspire to follow in the footsteps of you know the certain person that they look up to because they can relate to them and you know that's the path that they want to follow so fingers crossed that does happen um someday soon and um I have faith that it will happen um you mentioned about obviously this year you know 2020 being about uh you know COVID and a year for learning and time for listening and paying attention and yeah it's been a year of learning for us all and listening but whatever your position and whatever your background but what is it that you have learned personally from 2020 that you are, you know, you would like to take forward through your career and through your life moving forward that you're going to apply and, you know, in terms of trying to make the space that you're in more diverse and more inclusive? Yeah, um, I think one of my personal biggest things is living with intention um, and knowing just that, you know, every single day on, on this little marble in space is is a real gift um and i think that you know prior to to covid I, like i was per- personally moving like a million miles an hour i was doing a million things i had no breaks i like i had no like i had no free time that was like my favorite thing like 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 i was like yeah like i want to go and do this but schedule it put it on my calendar um and i think covid really has has made me um slow down a lot and then also just just think a lot more critically about all the spaces that that i'm in whether it's a professional space or or a personal space and and how that kind of just like permeates into the the world around me so for example looking at clients so you know going into to client meetings and looking at all of their boardrooms looking at you know all of their diversity and 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 inclusion people and seeing like like you know so they're they're hiring me but what why are they hiring me are they hiring me so that they can tick a box or are they hiring me because they actually want to go and and make changes where i think prior to covid i was just like yeah it's fine like i'm gonna go in and 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 i'm gonna go and make a change and i'm gonna leave and now i'm like okay but now like i want to make sure just that all all the brands that that i work with are really in it for the long haul instead of them just like bringing me in so that they can you know break like have have more like women involved or have more more people of color involved like i want to make sure just that they're they're doing things for the right reasons um and so i have a lot more difficult conversations now which is again 19 year old me would be surprised because i walk into meetings and i'm just like this is great but do you know about black lives matter you know i'm like and and, and i'm sitting there like because like a, a lot of brands i feel as if they are very big on saying like, you know, like we care and this is important, mm-hmm. but, but like what it boils down to is a lot of it is just optics. Um, yeah. And so yeah. I think for me, COVID has, has shown me the, the importance of living for myself, living for the people around me and making sure just, just that um, people are being held accountable and true to their word because 
like I said prior, I was just like, okay, next client moving, moving, moving. And now, like I sit there and I make brand decks and I'm like, okay, so we're going to talk about DNI. And now we're going to talk about how, how we should be involving more, you know, more, more brown faces or more women or more whatever it is. Or if we're going to be doing a campaign around skateboarding, we need to make sure just that we have queer people involved and that we have more brown people involved or more women or whatever it is, because again, like I said prior, I think it was really easy just to like build out things and send it out. But now it's like, no, like this is really important. And these people are actually listening. And um, I was definitely more afraid before to, to say a lot of these things to like, like to my clients, like I would just give them, you know, nice, nice little decks. And then inside of them, I would like sneak in a little brown face, <laughs> get a little queer person there and be like, we did it, you know? And then now though, I'm like, here is the blackest thing you'll ever see. And then, and then here's a white person. And I'm like, if you don't want it, totally fine. But, but, but I just want to like do that so that I can give more, like more people a platform as well. So yeah, um, that's a really long answer to just say like COVID has made me like <laughs> slow down and just realize that, that if I'm not doing work now that, that I'm proud of, then when am I going to start? So like, I might as well start right now. Um, building the world that everybody can be proud of from a marketing standpoint. <laughs>so that was a really interesting chat and from a perspective that we don't usually hear from someone who had dreams of working within motorsport but unfortunately didn't pursue it due to the sexism she experienced and whilst of course we want to show you all that being from an underrepresented group shouldn't stop you from pursuing your dream i think it is also important to highlight stories like kirsten's as it drives home the reality for some people and shows how important it is as an industry that we actively spread a positive message and encourage people from all backgrounds into the sport because there are clearly a few individuals who aren't afraid to communicate the opposite. I agree, Ariana, and it's so important to convey that message. It was brilliant to hear how committed Kirsten is to pushing diversity in her job and more widely as well, as it's this continual push and commitment pushing forward of the conversation that's ultimately going to result in lasting change. It was also really good to hear her take on diversity, both in terms of race and gender, and what progress she feels there has been on, on both fronts here. Of course, there is a lot of work still to be done, but I'm glad that we seem to be heading in, in the right direction. Definitely. And Kirsten is ensuring that she is doing what she can on that front, not only in her day job, but also with Driven by Diversity, as she has recently come on board to support us with her expertise. And it just goes to show how passionate she remains about motorsport, despite the setbacks. Yeah, it really, really does. Keep up to date with Kirsten on Instagram, where you'll find her at Kiri822. And don't forget us as well at We Are Driven by Diversity. We'll pop the handles for both down below in the description box for this episode. That is all from us today. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and we'll be back next Tuesday.